Well, good morning. I'm excited to share with you guys today. We're going to be taking a, uh, um, in between our, our sermon series here, we're going to be doing a one-off message today um, that I am excited to share with that I've been uh, working through. Uh, so before we jump into this, uh, would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we dig into your word, as we look through this topic, God, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that we would hear from you, God, that you would change um, the way we see things, that you would change our hearts and our minds, and that that would lead us to love and worship of you. In your name that we pray, amen. So let me ask you a question. As you guys all came in, you, you got asked the question, of like, what's the smallest amount of money you would stop to pick up? So I want to take a quick survey. Where's, where's my penny people at? All right, so there's the penny people. Anybody more than a dollar? Anybody more than a dollar? Oh, couple, couple. So everybody else somewhere in between. I'm, I'm about a quarter, depending on the day. If not, maybe a dollar or something like that. But the question for the day is, what do you value? And so that's going to be the, the kind of first question I want you to think about. Is like, what, is, what do you value and how much do you value things? So I wanted to share with you as we start today um, a couple things that I value. So everybody has a safe, or you should have a safe at home, maybe to put your important things in. Um, we put things in there like family heirlooms. So like I've got my grandfather's watch. Um, I've got my great-grandfather's wallet. Some cool things like that. Um, maybe we have something that was given to us. So like when I graduated high school, I was given a silver coin. And what do we put in safes? We put things of value to us. Why? Because we want to protect them. So we put things in here that have value to us. So, extra set of sermon notes. <laughs> what else we got in here? Marriage certificate. <laughs> got to keep those safe. Oh, traffic citation. I don't know why I kept that. If you want to hear that story later, come talk to me. It's a good one. Pictures, things like that. So we keep things in safes that we cherish, that we want to keep safe. But there's something else we keep in our safe. A 2012 membership to National Geographics. <laughs> really need to clean this out more, I guess. But no, we keep things like money in safes, don't we? Because like, we want to keep it safe. We, we value, the things that we value, we want to keep safe. And so maybe you don't hold $10,000 cash in a safe. Maybe you keep it in your bank, like maybe you should. You know, maybe it's a little more safer, but maybe you do. Maybe you keep it under your bed. Maybe you keep it in a safe. But money is something that we value because we keep it safe and we protect it. And so today, I want to talk about this idea of money and as it relates to what we value. So this is $10,000. And that may seem like a lot of money, and I'm curious right now, like your thought of like, wow, what would you do with $10,000? Like, what would I do with $10,000? And I want to ask you, well, what, what would you do with a billion dollars? Because I do have $1 billion, Zimbabwe currency, but that's all right. In 2003, it was a six to one to the United States dollar, so still a multimillionaire. 5 billion, 10 billion, 20 billion, 50 billion. 50 billion dollars. Like that's, that's lifetimes upon lifetimes of money. You could not spend it. But what's the actual value of it? 
So if I were to ask you right now, which, which stack would you rather have? Would you rather have the multi-billions of Zimbabwe dollars or the 10,000 American dollars? You'd ask me, well, what's the value of it? What's, what's the current value of these? And in 2003, this would have been millions and millions of dollars. Um, but as of 2009, it's, the paper's worth more than the money. It's absolutely completely worthless, a, a completely worthless currency. And that's what's crazy to think is in six short years in Zimbabwe, the multimillionaire, if they kept their money in the, the nation's currency, in six years it became worth nothing. And so as we answer and look at this, what has value, and we say, well, this has value, what is its value? Like, like what, why does it hold such a thing in our heart? And so the question we need to ask as we jump into this is, what is the highest value in your life? What is the highest value? What holds that value in your life? Because money has an emotional response for us, does it not? Like, half of you right now are going, does he really have $10,000 on stage right now? <laughs> like, does he, does he have security ready to escort him out here? We'll leave you keep thinking on that one. <laughs> but Ecclesiastes 1.14 says, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun and have found everything to be futile, a pursuit of the wind. And when I heard this story about the Zimbabwe currency, I'm like, that is it come to life. A pursuit of the wind. What was it worth? All, all the wealth gone because of, of, of decisions of their government and, and, and all the wealth that the people thought they had was not there. A pursuit of the wind. And so as we look at what has this highest value and, and, we, and we realize that, sure, $100 could get me a lot, $1,000 could get me a lot, $10,000 could get me a lot. What is it in perspective of things? In, in the perspective of this city, of Claremont and the surrounding cities, is $10,000 a lot? Well, no, in the perspective of the city, the wealth of the city, all the, all the people's income, the, the city itself, all the assets, all the buildings, it's actually a really tiny amount that, that that would be. And then we look at our nation with trillions and trillions of dollars, of, of assets and debts and things like that, which the reality is your money all says it's a debt certificate, so it's debt money. But how small then does this become? And then you look at the scope of the world, and not just the, the, the everybody in the world, but the actual resources in the world, the quadrillions of dollars of resources and things in the world that we just have not got to yet. And then this $10,000 begins to feel even smaller. It's just a small little piece of what the world is. And we expand that to the universe. An asteroid could be worth billions, if not quadrillions of dollars, and there's millions and billions of them out there, and there's millions of galaxies out there, and we can't even fathom the tangible wealth of the universe. And then the vaults of heaven. How could we even estimate? And God created all of it by speaking. With, with a word, let there be. And all of that was created, and all of it is still in his hands. And so when we come back to then our positions and we're answering the question, what has the greatest value in our life? And we go, well, it's, it's God. <laughs> it's certainly God. From a, from a Christian perspective, absolutely, and even from a worldly perspective, as you listen to some people that they talk about economics and some people that do money theory and things like that, they will actually call the highest value God. Even though they don't believe in our Christian God, they actually will say the answer to this question is God because God is the only way they can comprehend this highest value. 
And so when we get back to our money, it really doesn't have much value, does it? And again, you're like, is it real? That's a federal offense, isn't it? <laughs> it's not real. Please don't come rob me afterwards. <laughs> so here's what I want, you, want us to wrestle with today. This, isn't, this is a sermon that I'm going to use the word money a lot, but it's ultimately not a sermon on money. Money is to help us see a deeper thing in our life, a, a deeper struggle that we have in our life when it comes to what do we value. So before we go any further, I do want to say that money is a gift. Okay? And so I'm not up here to say money's bad in any way, shape, or form. Wayne Grudem, um, who actually is the guy who wrote the, the book that we're going through our doctrine class on Mondays on, he has a book called Business for the Glory of God. And in it, he says, money is fundamentally good and provides many opportunities for glorifying God, but also many opportunities to sin. And so money by itself is not inherently evil. It's actually a good thing. It actually is an amazing way that we can lend and sell and trade with each other. And it provides opportunities to glorify God. As we use our money, we could use it to glorify God. But we also must be aware that it brings many temptations to sin. So the passage I want to look at as we kick into this is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. A verse that many of you are probably familiar with, at least the last part of it. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 7 through 10 says, We brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And, and so often when we get to this verse, because I've said it, I've heard many people say it, like, well, it says the love of money. It doesn't say money is evil, it says the love of money. And we're quick to, to jump to that clarifying statement, right? Like, oh, it's not money is bad, it's the love of money. And so I, yes, absolutely, 100%. And what I want to challenge us with this morning is, well, what does it mean to love money? Like, like what does that actually look like? Have we considered what that looks like? And maybe what it is is, well, what is money? Money buys us things. So do we love what money gets us? Do we, do we love the things that we get from our money? See, we're constantly around money. We're constantly using it every single day. It is ingrained in our day-to-day. -day. It's how we operate. It's how we function. It's how we get things. And so it's not so much about the actual money. It's about our life. It's about see, letting money show us and, and how we live our lives and how we see things around us. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. This is, this is getting to the root of it here. That all that we do should be done for the Lord, not for people, not for ourselves. And so something I was challenged with with this is we work. And when we work, we receive payment for our work because money is value, right? We're, we're putting in effort, and so we get paid an earning for what we did. 
And so when we look at that, why do we work? Do we work for the money? Do we work because we need this money to do certain things? Or do we work, as the verse says, for the Lord? Is our job for the Lord or is it for ourselves? And this is the tension I want us to wrestle with. Is, and, and, and why I want us to wrestle with it is because I see there's so much joy when you get past it. When you could see your job, your work, as for the Lord, take the paycheck out of it. Like, if I'm working hard for the Lord, then there's, there's a greater purpose behind it. When I see my job as a mission field, or I see my job as using the gifts that God has given me to do something well, when I see my job as a way to help others or impact the world around me, then I see it more as a, the mission field to do something good. And the paycheck is then God's gift to me. It is a gift given. It is not something I earned. It is instead all things are God's. Everything is his. And so the payment is simply a gift. And why that's important is it helps shift things. Right? If we're working a job for the paycheck, then it's always about what's the value of what we got paid. And if we feel like we're not getting paid enough, then it's always a disappointment. It's always a frustration. But if we see what we do as something unto the Lord, we can begin to shift our thinking of that. All right. So three things. If you're a note taker, write these three things down. Your identity your security, and your comfort. These three things, everything you do, at least I believe so, you can bring back to these three things. These three things have been shared by many pastors over the years of, of these kind of core things that we come back to. Your identity, your security, your comforts. Your job is an identity. It is identifying of who you are. This is what I do. It is a security as it provides some stability for you. It's a comfort because of what it provides. Your home can be an identity. It can be a security. It can be a comfort. Your car can be an identity, a security, a comfort. Your family, the things you have, the food you eat. Everything you do, you can trace back to one or more of these things. And why that's so important, why I want to simplify that is I want to help us see is as we do things in life, we, it, it, it's all about this assigning of value. It's about what do I do with what I have? And it comes back to these three things and, and how this relates is money touches all three of these things. Money is, in our minds, often a, an identity, a security, and a comfort because it purchases and provides the things that we see that do that. And here's the, the danger we run into is when we realize and we put money in this position of, of providing for us some identity, some securities, and some comforts, when we put money into that position in any way, it fails us. Because money is not these three things. And again, what I'm hoping to get at here is that we would say, I don't love money. But we might say, I do love some of the things that money got me. And so this isn't a condemnation on like, oh, you just can't have anything. That's, that's not it at all. I don't want you to hear that. What I want you to see is that every decision you make, everything that you do, is making a deeper decision in your life. When you spend the money, when you use your paycheck, it is making a decision as to what has value in your life. And it is related to these three things. And the reason that money is not a security, it's not a true security, is because it can be lost. 
And we can become insecure in our money whether we have much or little. If we have much, the fear to lose it. If we have little, the desire to gain it. Money is not a comfort. It can buy comforting things, but it's not a true comfort in our life. Honestly, money often becomes a burden in our life. Maybe we bought the comfortable thing, but we financed it, so now we have debt, and so now there's a burden on us because we wanted the thing, but we couldn't afford it, and so now we've actually just created a burden instead of comfort. And money is not an identity. The numbers in our bank accounts have no bearing over who you are as a person, much or little. It is about the matters of the heart. It goes deeper than that. What money does is reveal our deepest desires of heart and most personal decisions. What money does is it reveals the most deepest desires of our hearts. This has been super convicting for me as I look through, okay, what do I spend money on each day? Where, where does it go? And what is the purposes, what's the meanings behind it? Paying power bill? Yes, keep the lights on, thank you. <laughs> thank you, God, you're good. Buying this certain thing? Maybe. Going on a, on a date night with my wife? Yes, there's value. And what I want us to see is, is looking at those things with a deeper understanding that it's, it's not just moving money, paying money for a thing, but those decisions that we make as we pay a certain bill or buy a certain thing or do a certain thing are revealing a deeper thing in our heart. They are revealing a, a decision that we're making based upon how we value things. And it can be a deep heart check to ourselves of what do we actually value. And that's one of the things I think money is. It's a revealing of the treasures of our heart. It's a revealing of the treasures of our heart. One thing that was also convicting to me and I was thinking about is we often hide our money. We often don't talk a lot about it. And I wonder why. Because if, if, if money is revealing the deepest desires of our heart, if it's, it's revealing the deeper things within, why do we hide? Why would we be ashamed of that? I think we've all maybe had that of when we bought something, we kind of, you know, we bought the car and we're like, oh yeah, it only cost me 10 grand. It was really 13.5 after taxes and fees and all that, but, but we use a smaller number. Why? Because we, we, we have this embarrassment of like, oh, we want to make sure everybody knows we got a good deal. Or there's things that we just don't talk about or we hide from each other, we hide from other people, or we even maybe hide from our spouse because we don't want to talk about the, the, the deeper desire that was being satisfied in that purchase. And so I often think, I wonder why we hide our finances. I wonder if we threw up on the screen, you know, the last 30 days of everything we had bought, would there be things of like, oh, I didn't want people to see that. And maybe some things like, oh, I need to explain that one more. And, there's a, and I, I know why it's difficult, because sometimes you need to explain a certain situation. But I do wonder if we had more people in our life that we would trust and we could be more transparent with, if we would actually be more healthy in that. And if it actually would help us check why. Like, what is this desire in me that wanted this thing? Why did I do this? Because again, we're talking about money, but we're talking about the deeper issue. We're talking about the heart. Why did the heart, why did I desire this thing? So money, again, it's not inherently evil because it actually can be really good in our life. Because as a ship has a rudder, so your life has money. Money is the, the rudder of your heart. It directs and shows the direction of your heart. It shows the decisions that you make. You're steering the ship, but you may not be fully aware of 
even what you're doing, what, you, what you're steering. And so as you see, and you, the rudder moves and says, well, you're, you're heading this way now. Taking a step back and looking at that actually helps you see, where am I driving my life? What do I actually value? Because the ship's going to go the way that you steer it, and if in our own lives money is an example of showing what we value, then it's going to show you what your heart values. So it's actually, it can be a beautiful gift. You look at your last 30 days of what you purchased, you write it all out, you total it up, like, there's, there's what my heart values. And again, some of those things, it could be a, a, your mortgage payment. It's like, well, yes, I do value a home. I value a place to stay. But it, but it becomes then a, 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 a determination of, of that thing, that this is something I value, and you can actually recognize it that way, that this isn't just part of life. Like, no, this is actually part of who I am, and this is something I value in my life. And now I actually have a way to see how much I value it. But as we continue on this idea, like, so what do you treasure? And as the title of the sermon is, what is true treasure? Like, like what do you really value? What do you truly treasure? And, and the challenge with all of this is, again, not to point out any specific thing. There's, there's hundreds of things we can spend our money on. But it's about knowing, what does my heart value? Am I, am I buying things? Am I stacking up things to try to find security, comfort, and identity in my stuff? Or am I finding my true identity, security, and comfort in Christ? Is he my identity? Is he my security? Is he my comfort? And when that is in place, then all these other things just kind of fit in line. When you go to pay your electric bill or pay your mortgage or water bill or whatever it is, it no longer becomes this, oh, I gotta pay this again. Like, no, my identity, my comfort, my treasure is in Christ. And this is actually a gift He's given, me, he's given me a place to stay. He's given us the grace of electricity. He's given us the grace of running water. And so now paying for these things is actually an honoring of who he is. It's no longer this burden of paying money. It's, okay, no, this is a value decision. Christ is my ultimate and highest value. He's my true treasure. And this is just something good that he's given me to be able to be a part of and, and to participate in. But then on the other side of that, too, it helps us examine and check some of the other things in our life. As maybe we look at stacking up credit card debt or, or car payments that just seem to always be there. When Christ becomes our true treasure and we want to glorify and treasure him in, with what we have, we begin to look at those things of like, that's not healthy. I need to take care of that. The Bible says that the, 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 when, you, when you take out debt, that you're a slave to the lender. Right? So we want to be slaves to Christ. We want to be servants of Christ. And so when we see that debt, we can now look at it and go, yeah, that needs to get taken care of because I, I, don't, I don't want to be a slave to Citibank anymore. I don't want to be a slave to Chase Bank anymore. I want to serve God with all that I am. And so I need to pay this off, one, to be honoring to my debts that I have borrowed, and two, what freedom. If I can pay that off, what freedom, what peace in my mind now to know that that's not something over my head. And now I'm free to take what God has so graciously given me and more freely give it and use it for his kingdom. And this isn't a call to like pay off your debt so you can tithe more. By no means. Like you will naturally give to the church if you believe in it. You will also give freely to many other situations. I've talked to some of you, and you, you have a desire to give. You wish you could give more, but there's just certain things in your life that prevent you from giving more. And it's like, yeah, you have a burden on your heart. You, you want to, you know that, oh, I, I just, I wish I could do more. But this, this thing is holding me back. 
And then as you, as you take a step back from that, it's like, oh, well, it's because of this thing I bought or, or these purchases I have or this subscription that keeps taking money or these things. And, and it really begins you to then look at things from a higher level. Again, as we talked about in the beginning, what is your highest value? What do you value in your life? And if we truly treasure and value Christ, then we will look at our money as a gift from God and we will look at it as to, how do I best glorify you, Lord? How do I serve you in all ways with my money, with all that I have? And honestly, I think we would find a lot more peace. We would find a lot more satisfaction in God when we are able to freely give in those ways. And this is personally convicting. I, I don't know... Um, as far as if you know my story and stuff, but when me and Kim first got married, I wasn't making much, and we bought a house, and the house needed a lot of repairs, and so we, we stacked up credit card debt like crazy, and um, it was slow, and it was manageable, but it was going the wrong way. And after the years went by, the debt got higher, the installment loans, the air conditioner, all of these things, they kept getting higher and higher and higher, the tens of thousands kept getting higher, and then you get to that point, and you're just like, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. And it was, it was those moments of like, okay, this isn't healthy. And a lot of that was because of just trying to, you know, oh, we're still going to go out to eat, we're still going to do all this stuff, and then just watching it pile up. And, and the value decision, the decision that has to get made, the thing that we have to question every day is why? Like, what, am, what is this causing? This is, this is crippling me. This is not helping me be the, a servant to God, a servant to his kingdom. This is crippling me, and, and, and I'm consumed by it. So we had the moment of just like cut up the cards, get on cash, and just try to work through that. And that was an awesome day when we got to that. And then I can tell you, because our hearts, and this is why it's a heart issue, that then as the years went by, we started stacking up again. Why? Because the heart hadn't been fixed yet. Because I still have things that I need to deal with that are not specific to the money. It's not knowing about money or, oh, I know how to get zero interest loans or certain payments and I know how to you know, you know, invest and do these things. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the heart. It's about shifting this heart to where God's kingdom is first. He is my treasure. He is my greatest joy. And so when I see the thing on Amazon that I think I want, I can go, I don't really. Christ is my treasure. You are my joy, and right now, that money needs to go here because, God, I believe that you have either called me to give it to this thing or you've called me to pay off the debts that I owe to these lenders. And, and so when we see Christ as our treasure, he fills us. Again, he becomes our identity, our security, and our comfort. And you will find that if Christ truly can become that and you can live in that each and every day, that the decisions you make, the things that you think you need because you need that comfort or you need that security or you want that thing of identity, it fades away. And so that's why I think money isn't really a money issue. It's a heart issue that stems out of those three things. Matthew 6.24 says, No one can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that is a difficult thing because we live in money every day. And so we are constantly having to remind ourselves, who am I serving right now? Money, money is this tool that can be an incredible blessing. So is it being used to serve God or have I become fixated on the money to build something in my own kingdom and neglected my true treasure. 
and, and I'm speaking this to myself, this has been such a conviction of my life of like, have I become so consumed with how to save or invest or do the right financial thing, although maybe a good thing has become my focus and I've lost the focus of the true treasure and I need to be seeking after him and then this becomes a secondary thing. A check I use as, as we um, kind of wrap some of this up, as I look through on all these things in my life, is to look beyond the thing, look beyond the gift, and see the giver. This has been super helpful for me, and, and, con- and convicting, and convicting and helpful, right? So everything I look at, everything I want to buy, purchase, to look at it and go, can I look beyond that gift and see the giver? Can I see God? Can I, can, I, can I worship? Can I glorify God? Like, God, thank you for this thing. To give you an example, you, know, you sit down in the evening to eat dinner. And maybe you pray before you eat as we should. And you say, thank you, God, for this food. There's so much that I think we've, we've kind of lost there. Like, yes, thank you, God, for this food. And you, we may say, well, I bought it with the money at this grocery store because I worked, because I did, and we, we want to make that trail. And, and, and as we look back at it, it's like, no, God, you, you gave me the gift of the talents to work. You hold the universe in your hands, so the money and all of its wealth is already yours. You created the food that grew. God, this is yours. Thank you for the food today. And so that can become such a worshipful, deep moment for you. And so as we think about how, how, do we, how do we live this way, how do we walk through our lives with this understanding of, of God and seeing him as our greatest treasure, it's in those small things. It's in getting home from work after a stressful, long day and wanting to do nothing else, it just stops and do nothing. It's whatever happened. And being able to go, thank you, God, for this day. It is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for my job. Thank you for the gifts of, of what you have provided for me. And even though it may have been a, a crazy day, you can still give thanks. Why? Because you can see it as a gift. It's not just money anymore. It's not just the thing anymore. It is a gift from God. It's something he has graciously given us. And so I constantly use that as a heart check. Can I look at this thing and glorify God? Because I'll tell you, sometimes I've looked at stuff, sometimes, unfortunately, after I've purchased it, and I go, man, I'm really struggling, God, on how I thank you for that thing because I don't know if I needed it, especially when there's three other things in my mind that would have definitely been more important. And so it's super helpful for me because it creates, you know, you've heard like terms like pray without ceasing. Like how, how, do you, how do you constantly be in that? You bring God into your day-to-day decisions. You bring God into your life. Like you acknowledge him like, hey, I'm about to go do this. I'm about to spend this money or I'm about to make this decision with my time God, what would be most glorifying to you? Because that is our end goal. Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, giving thanks to God the Father through him. In James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. See, money can be good for a lot of things. And its primary thing that it is good for is to glorify God. That as we spend, as we, as we use our paycheck, we give glory to God. We pay the mortgage payment and we hate it. We shouldn't. We should say, thank you, God. You were gracious. You gave me a home. 
God, help me see in wisdom what I should do. Should I pay extra on this? What, what should I do, God, to be more healthy in my finances? But ultimately, God, I thank you for this place to live. You pay the power bill, the utility bills, all the things that usually we find annoying, and you, and you make some moments of worship of like, God, thank you for running water. Thank you for electricity. Thank you for food on the table. Thank you for your grace and all these things. And, and you'll find that then the usage of money no longer becomes this taboo, like nervous thing of like, what should I do? No, make it a moment of worship. And honestly, that will help your growth so much because we use money a lot. We use it almost every day, if not multiple times in a day. And so when you make each one of those transactions a moment of worship and giving and praising God, like, this is all yours, Lord. I came with nothing, I will leave with nothing. It is all yours. It is all a gift. It's all borrowed from you, Lord. Then, then that whole perspective allows us to see and savor God for who he is. Because when you see money as simply an assigning of value, it becomes a decision, a value decision. How do I glorify God the most with what he has gifted me? And once you see God as the highest value, then his kingdom is like a treasure buried in a field that you find. And you go and sell everything that you have and you buy that field. That's from paraphrase from Matthew 13, 44. See, when, when our treasure is Christ, when he is our all and our everything, that become, we, that's what I want. I want Christ, the Savior, the one who loves me more than anything else. He is my identity, my security, and my comfort. I could be sleeping out without a house. I could not have money. I could not have anything. And you know what? He would still be my identity and my security and my comfort. Take away everything you have. You lose it all. You're sitting under the stars crying because you've lost it all. He is still your perfect identity, security, and comfort. And everything else is a gift from him. So we can use it to glorify him. Christ is our only true treasure, the only thing worth your life. That's our bottom line. Christ is our only true treasure, the only thing worth your life. And I think the Bible gives us this wording very specifically of calling, of, of where your heart is, there your treasure will be. This, this relating of helping us see that money is this core thing in our life and it is showing us what we treasure, what we truly treasure. And so the challenge in this is that all gifts, all things simply point back to God, that we would glorify him in all these things, that we live for the kingdom of God. We're Christians. We live for his kingdom. We want to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you not hear it in the Lord's prayer? Every day, Lord, today, I want to see your kingdom come. Your will be done. Give me today my daily bread. It's, it's echoing of this money in the back end of all that, of how can I use what you have given me, time, money, resources. How can I use it to see your kingdom come today? And Lord, give me today my daily bread because I, I need to eat. I need a place to sleep. So it's provision. God, how would you, would you provide for me today? And would you let me see how I can give, how I can use what you have so graciously given me in this world? Because we live for the kingdom of God, not our own kingdom. And so would we challenge ourselves and our finances, our time, and the priority of where we assign value and see that the greater and true treasure is Christ 
our king. He is our treasure. In him, we have fullness of joy. In him is everything. And again, this doesn't mean that we become, we sell all we have and we just live in poverty. That's not the point. The point is it shifts the usage of what you have. Whether God has given you much or little, it, it is a shifting of the value of what you have. Because I value Christ most. So God, this is from you. Would you show me how to use it? Would you show me how to be wise? Would I pay off my lenders? Would I use it to free me up to be able to do whatever you call me to do? I think, I know, there is great peace to find there and great joy as we live for God and his kingdom. So may we do that. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are full of grace and that your scriptures speak to these things. Lord, you have not left us on our own, but God, you have given us um, examples in your word of how to live for you. And Lord, I pray, um, Lord, practically, Lord, that we as a church um, would examine our hearts. We would examine our finances, Lord, because we know the two are attached. The money simply shows us and helps reveal our heart to us. So Lord, let us use all that you have graciously given us to serve you. It's not our kingdom. We're not building our empires. We're not building our kingdoms. We're building your kingdom because you are gracious and you have allowed us to do that. And so may we see every good gift, everything that you have given us as a way for us to love you, to serve you, to build your kingdom here. So Lord, I pray um, that you would change our hearts change our minds in a way that only you can because we need you more than the air we breathe you are our identity our comfort and our securities not our jobs not our money they are gifts they are good gifts from you let us not worship the gift but worship and glorify the giver it's your name that we pray